Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and pop culture collide, featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zandbergen. Welcome to our show of dream chasers and wealth makers. We are thrilled to be back in the studio today with a new episode of the Zanbergen Report. I'm proud to bring in the movers, shakers, and difference makers who are passionate about sharing what they have learned and what you need to know today. And today I'm very pleased to have longtime friend and strategic partner, Nick Roshti of Pacific Sotheby's. Nick, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bart. It's good to be here with you. Yeah. So in case you can't tell, Nick is coming in virtual. We do that quite often, but uh, sound quality sounding good. So we're going to have a good show. So um, Nick is uh, real estate for many, what, 30 years now? Pushing it, right? 25, 30 years in real estate? 18. 18. Yes. It was up there. So um, definitely a local expert. So Nick, let's, let's start broad and then kind of work our way down. We've, we're coming off of a, let's just call it an interesting year to say the least. Uh, and I think most people are surprised, myself included, that the value of real estate has kind of gone through the ceiling. Um, so nationally, can you give us some insight and then what you've been seeing here locally in the Southern California marketplace? Yeah, so um, pretty much after the pandemic hit, we went through a little, through a little bit of a um, kind of a standstill period. Deer in headlight, kind of. <laughs> right, and then the real estate just really took off since then. And, you know, there were concerns uh, at first, what was going to happen in the market? How was it going to affect the, you know, the, the, the real estate nationally? But, um, you know, buyers kept buying and sellers um, start coming to the market more properties started selling and it just kind of escalated from that point on. And, you know, more homes came into market more buyers were buying to, to, you know, the, the, you know, pent up demand. Now there's more buyers than there are sellers. And it's just really been an absolute boom in the real estate industry. Pretty much, you know, uh, from uh, third and fourth quarter of last year, obviously in, fir in uh, first quarter of this year, it's just been, mm -hmm. um, amazing for the real estate industry, how it's gone up, you know, by, uh, by a factor of, you know, um, a magnitude, nobody have, would have ever dreamed about back in March of 2020. Yeah, that's for sure. And so from what I can tell, there was a, you mentioned it, um, sort of alluded to it like supply and demand. So, uh, supply was kind of on the low side, correct? Which with the demand kind of perhaps drove the prices up. Yes. Well, it was definitely, um, supply was on the low side and, um, the main thing is with the interest rates being low and, and they went to continue going lower and lower demand kept going higher and higher. So, you know, high demand and low supply drives prices up. And that's basically exactly what happened for the two points to meet and push the values up. Yeah. So, uh, Southern California was about 20%. And is that about the, the, uh, average price increase? It is. It's been about a 20% increase going back in the last 12 to 14 months. Yeah, yes. That's unbelievable. Um, and so interest rates, uh, like you mentioned, were low, are still very low, starting to creep up just a little bit. I kind of on a, you know, depending on what day we're talking, what, um, no one has a crystal ball, or I realize, but um, any thoughts as what's going to happen over the next year with both interest rates and, and the housing market? Well, based on, like you said, nobody has a crystal ball, but based on um, what I've heard from, from the experts out there, they, the feds are planning to very slowly, gradually take the rates up. Um, you know, and by up, I don't mean up two points. 
um, just slight increases uh, all the way up to uh, 2023, just to kind of balance the, uh, the market a little bit. And we all know interest rates all you know usually drive the market. So as the rates go up, um, you know the, the 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 inventory will slowly rise a little bit, demand will lower a little bit, and, and we should have a little bit more of a more of a somewhat of a balanced market instead of a you know, seller only market. Okay. So from your perspective, nothing significant, no big drop off from from anything that you see. No, I don't see anything really for the rest of this year that's going to, you know, affect the the market, to, uh, you know, by by any means in, in in a big way, not at all. Okay. So we all know we live in somewhat of a different world. Um, hopefully, we're starting to come out of it. But what does that look like from a from a real estate sales perspective? What processes have you had to change in order to continue to facilitate and work with buyers and show homes? I mean, it's it's a lot different, right? Oh, it absolutely is. So, you know, prior to showing a property, um, all agents and their clients have to sign disclosures that specify that none of them are have any symptoms, any fevers, uh, or any symptoms of COVID. Uh, they have to uh, sign those disclosures and deliver them to the listing agent within twenty before twenty four hours of showings. Um, Showings have been reduced down to 15 minute increments. Um, uh, and, and, you know, it, it has really evolved since then. Uh, a lot of the times when, when uh, buyers go to see a, you know, when buyers used to go see a property, they were able to just make an appointment and go and over, you know, and wait for someone to leave and then go in. Now no one is allowed to go, if, you know, if someone else is there, they have to set up appointments, they have to sign the forms, they have to go and uh, put on booties, wear gloves, uh, agents are the only ones allowed to touch anything in the property. The buyers are advised not to, um, you know, meaning opening doors, touching anything, countertops. So wow. it's definitely changed uh, a lot with regards to how it was about 16 months ago. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and, and it's, and it's advisable because it, it keeps everybody safe. And, you know, sometimes you have homeowners that, that uh, maybe, you know, maybe susceptible. So it's important to keep everybody safe and follow all the COVID protocols, you know, to, to, to make sure that the homeowners are safe first and foremost. So no more of the big open house parties. <laughs> Those days sure. right now are not happening. <laughs> um, so let's say someone wants to sell a house today. All right. So t why don't we, once you walk the audience through the, preferred process, you know, not, not just COVID, but how are they going to get the best price for their house today? Great question. So obviously uh, it's advisable that homeowners interview agents and end up hiring an agent that's the most qualified. They know the market. They are strong negotiators, have strong references. Um, and, uh, and, and uh, most importantly, the owners, the homeowners feel good about um, to, and that's obviously who the uh, agent should be. But but just as importantly, um, a lot of times now with the way market has shifted, agents have to be, um, you know, work extra hard to ensure that, uh, you know, the buyers that come through to the property are, are qualified buyers. Uh, they got to vet them to make sure they have proof of funds. They have been pre-approved by a lender. So, you know, before, 
it was it was a little bit more um, easier to start at the top of the funnel when the house was listed, but now it's been streamlined a lot more. So majority of the buyers coming through the property have been properly vetted. They're serious buyers and they're buyers that are ready to buy now. They're not, you know, a lot of looky lose by a lack of better terms anymore. So they're yeah. all serious buyers looking. So that that's, that's a real thing now. So before, like, let's say you have a new, like uh, a new buyer, so you would send them through a like a pre-purchase uh, process and pre-approval process before you would take them out. Absolutely, the buyers need to, wow. you know, they have, they uh, they must have already met with a lender, been pre-approved, have wow. the pre-approval letter at hand. Yeah. Oftentimes, agents are asking for desktop underwriting, which is the next, you know, really? which means the buyer wow. is past the pre-approval process. Yeah. Um, proof of funds should be available. And, um, you know, and, and the buyer's, buyer's motivation should be uh, understood by the agent. So that way, when they're going to go visit the properties and they end up walking into a property and it, and it um, crosses all the T's and dots, all the I's, they're able to, you know, write an offer and, and, and put a transaction together. Yeah. That might actually be a good thing, right, in the overall process. Maybe it kind of fine tunes the industry sales process, sounds like. Yeah, it's more streamlined. However, you know, sometimes buyers want to go out there and and um, and kind of vet areas, neighborhoods, see where they like to live, and and you know, floor plans. So uh, can't really do that now, can they? <laughs> yeah. So that's that's not happening as much in in, yeah. in today's real estate okay. world. Okay. All right. So now um, let's put our our feet in the seller's shoes. What should they be doing with their house today? Um, recommendations, little tricks of the trade that you might have for them. Absolutely. So um, there are always two first impressions. One when a buyer pulls up to the house, one when they, when they open the front door. So the seller should do everything they can to make the house as um, um, look at, at, appear as good as possible. You know, fresh coat of paint, do the landscaping, um, any kind of a you know, decluttering for the lack of better term of the property uh, and make the property as neutral as possible, uh, meaning have it appeal to majority of the buyers. A lot of times we, um, you know, decorate our house and accessorize it in according in accordance to how we live in the home, well, you know, which is, you know, how we like it. But when we go to sell the home, it's important to have the property show and, and 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 have an appeal to majority of the buyers being as neutral as possible um so that way when buyers come to visit the home they're walking the home and looking the home at the home for what it is not you know for example looking at a lot of family photos yeah. and and being distracted yeah so uh <laughs> we all have zooms right that or or video conferencing i guess is the generic term and uh, I, I have a regular one with one of our one of our um, money managers. And um, by the way, his company doesn't allow him to leave. He's he's he, I won't see him in person probably until 2022. He, has, he works for a very conservative company. He's up in northern Los Angeles area. And uh, about a month or six weeks ago, we got on a video conference, and uh, I I look at the back, and it's it's and I've I've seen we've had several, so I know what the back of his home office looks like. And it was completely different. It was light and bright, and there was these colors, and the shelves were perfectly aligned. And I said, uh, Tyler, what the, what the heck happened? Uh, it looked great. just wasn't really him from what I've known over the last year, year and a half. And he's like, we're selling our house. This is stage. None of this is my stuff. 
<laughs> but it there did look go. great. Yeah, and yeah, and he sold. And uh, the next call we had, he's he was in transition to another house. So great. Uh, um, all right. Um, and then from a seller's standpoint, uh, any COVID-related things that, that, that they really need to be um, aware of, or is that that's where you take over? Yeah, that's pretty much where I take over. Um, uh, so the showings have been condensed down to, let's say, two to three days a week, um, certain hours in a day. So I usually go there and make sure I turn on all the lights so that way nobody has, has to touch the light switches. Um, and, uh, I leave, uh, you know, booties, gloves, there's signs, uh, to make sure you take your shoes off, put on booties, wear gloves, hand sanitizers. So, you know, everything has to be, um, done in order to you know, follow protocol and keep the seller safe, uh, in the property, um, you know, while the property and, and with regards to the sellers, they just got to have the property as, as, um, as uh, have it as 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 show ready as possible. So when buyers come see the property, uh, they see the home for what it is and see it in the best light, for the lack of a better term. That way, when sellers are you know negotiating offers, they're able to, you know, negotiate the the highest best offer for their home. Sure, sure. Uh, let's let's switch gears for a second. You and I um, just coincidentally both have have training and certification in working with those who are divorced or getting divorced. Um, and you know, it's just a fact of life. If people get divorced, sometimes, and oftentimes, they have to sell their house. So, like in your with your training and your kind of specializing in that area, what hypothetical problems have you seen during a divorce sale, and then how do you make sure it doesn't happen? Yeah. The, so a couple of things in, in, a, in a divorce scenario, anything could happen, obviously. An agent needs to, you know, myself or any agent that's handling a divorce, we need to be 100% compassionate and caring and, you know, really be of service to do the best we can for our clients through these challenging times. Um, you know, let's face it, it's not easy. So, sure. uh, we got to have both our clients interests at heart, um, and be very neutral and, um, and protect both their assets. So with regards to hypothetical problems coming up in a divorce scenario, the best thing an agent can do is always, um, meet with both clients at the same time, you know, via of zoom video or in person, if they're okay with that and, and be as transparent as possible and come up with a resolution that's fair. Um, that, and one that both parties are good with and, and agree with. So no matter what it is, an agent, as long as it's related to the property an agent's fiduciary duties to both parties. And I highly recommend sitting with both of them to resolve it and come up with a resolution that they're both happy walking away with. Yeah. So, you know, kind of unlike in my world, uh, occasionally if, if a couple gets divorced, they may get a different financial advisor, have different financial advisors. That happens sometimes. Um, in your world, you, I mean, they can't come in with separate <laughs> sales agents, right? You're, you're going to have to represent both. So you do need to walk that line. Absolutely. And, and, and uh, not only you got to walk that line, but you have to, with any client, really, you have to just do your absolute best to be as neutral as possible. And and the goal is to bring in the highest value for the clients 
and make it the process as seamless as possible, you know, because it is challenging for them. So our job is to take on as, as, a, as a good agent handling divorce scenarios, um, our job is to take on as much uh, as we possibly can, uh, you know, whether if it's and uh, anything, I mean, whether if it's certain repairs to the property, um, things that usually a lot of times homeowners handle a lot. Oftentimes I go in with, you know, with my own contractor, get it all done, get it handled, run it all by the, by, 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 you know, both, uh, formers by, by the former spouse and spouses and make sure they're okay with it, you know, transparency, clarity, and do a lot of things like that for them. So that way they don't have to be bothered with it and see the deal through, um, with as much, as much communication as possible with them. So they're always both involved and everything is always moving ahead accordingly from both sides simultaneously. Yeah. I've been thinking, as you say that, I think of the process and then, you know, kind of where it kicks in for me is, you know, after the sale takes place, money goes into escrow. And then, you know, depending on whether the spouse buys another house or not, then, you know, we've got to figure out the cost basis, what capital gain may be applied to each spouse. So there's, there's a lot to that, that process. There is, and and it all depends if there's um, if the the property is in a divorce decree. Uh, if it is, the agent has to know what that is. Basically, how the judge has spelled out how the property should, you know, should should be um, should be sold. And if it's not in the decree, then the agent obviously again would have to always communicate with both couples at the same time as they go through the process to sell the home and make sure that. Um, during the first interview process, the agent needs to go over every possible thing up front. So that way, as, as, as the, as the home is being prepped, as the home is being marketed, as the home is being shown, it's an escrow all the way to close. Everybody's always informed as of what the next step is. And, and this way you alleviate a lot of, uh, the unknowns for the lack of better terms going forward. Yeah. So I was going to ask, you know, what qualities you look, should someone look for in an agent during a divorce? But I, I think that is the same as what qualities should someone look for an agent in general? And um, why well, I know you won't plug yourself. I mean, we've had experience with you selling our own home and, and you've worked with a lot of my clients and um, your ability to listen and absorb and, and um, really go the extra mile, I think is super, uh, you do a really, really good job of. Um, beyond what how I just plugged you, uh, what other things do you think people should be looking for when they're basically interviewing? Um, well, the main thing is obviously um, an agent they trust, they feel good about, and and an agent who who's a full-time agent, in my humble opinion, has good market knowledge, uh, is great at marketing, um, great at communications, strong negotiations, and uh, one with a strong track record. And just as importantly, an agent um, who who treats every deal as if it's their own personal home being sold. So they take, you know, they go over the extra mile to take really, really good care of their clients and they're they are, um, seeing everything through. But not only that, but they sit with their clients and go over every possible step that there is. So that way their clients are always being led by their agent down the right path to ensure that every decision that's made with regards to, you know, marketing, filling out, completing disclosures, signing documents, everything for all those um, necessary um, steps that happen in real estate, 
it's important for the agent to be there with their clients and, and, you know, really see it through that way. There's no questions left unanswered and the clients always, you know, that's, that's why they hire us to, to give them service. The clients always feel that they're getting the best service possible. Sure. Sure. Um, I see we have some time left and I'm going to, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. And um, so there's, there's many things that we share in common. One was our, our, some of our professional stuff. Uh, you know, obviously the love of our family and our kids, um, but also uh, our passion for fitness. So um, uh, how, <laughs> how has that changed for you over the last year? Um, I mean, we certainly had to take some, some make some adjustments uh, starting last March. And uh, uh, I know there was a few months where you and I were doing different things at different places. So how did that look for you? Yes. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. I'm used to always seeing you really early in the mornings in the gym. Right. And, and then the gym's closed. So we're all calling each other, asking each other, what, what are we doing for working out? Um, I tried working out at home for a while, um, but it was just not easy for me. Uh, I like to either be in, in a, in a real gym or be outdoors. So I started doing a lot of, you know, outdoor activities, going for long walks. I ran into your brother one time, we, you know, if, if you recall, we That's took right. a picture, sent it to you. And, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know, I started running stairs, just, just did something to just keep moving, right. To just keep, yeah. keep my body moving. Um, and then slowly, fortunately, the gyms opened up outdoors first and then, you know, now they're back indoors. So now, you know, obviously we're back yeah. together, but Thank whatever goodness. it took, you know, we had to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I always try to look at situations and try to make lemonade out of lemons. And so while it was different, um, there was parts of that, you know, training outside, training on a football track field stairs that, you know, I've, I've continued to incorporate it was a, it's a nice change of pace. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, Bart. One thing for sure is um, I think I can speak for a lot of us is that a lot of people and are now, they, they change the ways they used to do things. Right. Yeah. Um, whether it's, you know, working partially from a home office or, or uh, going to the gym, you know, I used to go every day at, you know, I was there at five o'clock in the morning every day during the weekdays, but now, you know, maybe once or twice a week, I kind of incorporate it and go towards the end of the day, as long as I don't have appointments. So, um, and I take an extra day off now, so, you know, <laughs> things change, right? Yeah, so here we go. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, you know, one of the things that I think, um, uh, that our listeners really enjoy is just like stories. So, um, and I don't want to put you on the spot. Can, can you think of either a really good or really funny, just real estate sales story that comes to the top of your head? Something surprising or, or anything? A real estate sales story. Um, as of recently or, or no, it just, doesn't matter your whole career. One that really stands out. Um, sure. So, um, I had a client, a client of mine called me, um, uh, called me and he said he had a, he had a property that, um, he wanted to go see and he was all excited about so um, the property was off market and, uh, you know, I said, okay, he wanted me to go see it, give him my opinion. So I ended up uh, drive. It was actually a little bit of a drive. It was about a 45 minute drive. So I drove up, I met him at the property, went inside the property, um, looked at it, you know, gave him my opinion. We spent quite a, quite a, you know, a good amount of time there and, uh, we left, um, and I did some research on the property and found out 
some different information than what he had given me in regards to the home. So literally the next day I called him and uh, shared the information I had found about the property with him and it didn't add up. So, so one thing led to another there happened and, and it was a wrong property that he took me to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so there happened to be, there happened uh, that it was a, it, there was a couple properties there and the person that lit us in the home was, was a renter. So they thought the homeowner sent us there and he got there first. <laughs> so I just followed his way in the property and he had the wrong address. So we did all, I did all this research on this property <laughs> and then found information that was different than what he gave me. And then, then, you know, a day later, I, I asked questions. Things didn't make sense. We finally connected the dots and found out that he took me into the wrong property that he had intended to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, that's a good one. That's going yeah. real estate bloopers. <laughs> right. Yeah. So here we go. <laughs> wow. And I guess we get towards the end here. Um, I always have the honor of asking a, a final thought question, and that is what would be your ultimate lesson learned in your career as a, as a real estate professional? My ultimate lesson learned is um, balance, right? Having ha having balance in life. Uh, you know, as a professional, I, me personally, I take my my career very seriously, and uh, and uh, you know, I got into real estate before I was married, and now I have a family, two beautiful daughters. So, um, for me, you know, when I was single, I used to just work seven days a week, and as you know, I have a family. Now it's about you know, I manage my time really well and have a balance for my family. So I'm actually, you know, I've learned, I've taught myself and learned how to, how to be able to, you know, stay, still give the same best service and do just as much. Um, but with a good, good balance in my life. Yeah. So that way I'm, I'm, I'm the best I can be for my clients. I'm the best husband, the best father. And there's also, you know, time for me to, uh, time for me to, you know, take care of myself as well. So right. really just balance if you want to do this and, you know, and, and, and for the long haul, yeah. that's for sure. Yep. That's a great one. Great lesson. All right. So we're pushing up to the end. Um, how can people reach you, Nick, if they want to learn more about you and your services? Sure. They can um, uh, call me at 949-254-4775. And they can email me uh, directly. My email is nick at nick, R-O-S-H-D-I-E-H, group.com. So it's nick at nickroshdgroup.com. Great. Well, Nick, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, great show. And um We'll see you around. I'm sure we will. Thanks, Bart. <laughs> all right. I want to thank all the uh, listeners who have tuned in, and we look forward to being back in the studio next week. Cheers. Tune in next week for the latest edition of the Zanbergen Report, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Catch up on our recent shows by visiting podcast.bartzanbergen.com. The Zanbergen Report is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Interested in being a featured guest on our show or have a question you'd like to hear us answer? Email podcast at bartzanbergen.com. The contents of this podcast episode do not constitute an offer of securities or a solicitation of an offer to buy securities and may not be relied upon in making an investment decision related to any investment offering Access Wealth Management LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Access does not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the information contained herein. Opinions are our current opinions and are subject to change without notice. 
Prices, quotes, rates are subject to change without notice. Generally, investments are not FDIC insured, not bank guaranteed and may lose value. Brokerage services are offered through Tessera Capital, member FINRA.